Amen. Would you tell somebody, worship order. This is a theme that we've been looking at, a topic that we've been unfolding the last few weeks, both on Wednesday and Sundays. We've been looking at this theme of worship order. What could a team of medical doctors possibly learn about practicing medicine from a Formula One racing team. If the doctors remain teachable, maybe they could learn a lot. That's what happened at Great Armand Street Hospital in London. After completing a 12-hour emergency transplant, the head doctor watched a Formula One race. As a car pulled into the pit, he noted that the crew changed the tires, filled it with fuel, cleared the intakes, and sent it off in seven seconds. It struck him that it often took 30 minutes for his team of doctors and nurses to untangle and unplug all the wires and tubes and transfer a patient from surgery to ICU. He wondered if a racing team could teach a hospital how to run an emergency room. Imagine the pushback from the trained medical staff when the McLaren and Ferrari racing teams showed up to advise them on how to improve their emergency services. After all, what did they know about surgery or patient care? Nothing. But what did they know about speeding up complex processes? Everything. As a result, after visiting with the Formula One racing team, the hospital staff initiated major changes, including better training, new procedures, a step-by-step checklist covering each stage of the handover, and a diagram so that everyone knew their exact physical position as well as their precise task. It almost cut in half handover errors. The hospital team's problems were solved by a group of people who knew nothing about the practice of emergency room medicine. But the Formula One team's expertise allowed them to easily spot what the hospital tribe had missed. And the medical team had the humility and teachability to learn from the outsiders. Let me repeat that. The medical team had the humility and teachability to learn from the outsiders. Imagine what would happen if you and I would have the humility and teachability to learn and be open to instruction. Here's what I learned and what I've discovered, both in my walk with Christ and in the fulfillment Of the gift that God has given me. When we're open to instruction, we position ourselves for progression. Let me say that again. When we're open to instruction, we position ourselves for progression. Progression means this. The process of developing or moving gradually towards a more advanced state. 
the process of developing or moving gradually toward a more advanced stage. Isn't that what God wants to do in our lives? Doesn't the Scripture say that He takes us from glory to glory? That means from one state to a more advanced state? I believe that when you and I say, Lord, I'm willing to learn, it positions us to be taken to the next level. And I believe that when there is a praise and worship team that says, no matter how far we've come, we still have room for improvement, and they're open for instruction, God then can lead them to progression. I believe that when there's a church made up of people that want to be the kind of worshipers that God can find that are seeking Him in spirit and in truth, and that have an open heart to say, Lord, we're willing to be stretched in the way that we exalt and worship You in song and in the giftings that we have, that I believe God will take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. Now, we've been going through a series titled Worship Order, and I've shared with you that this series is based on an Old Testament passage through which God has spoken to my life on how to lay a foundation that will lead to a ministry in worship that will be both effective and productive. It's found in First Chronicles 25, verses 1-8. through 8. And in this passage, it reveals principles that I believe are the foundation for effective and productive worship of God. It also reveals how a praise and worship ministry can be fruitful in its function of leading God's people in the worship of God. Now, we've looked at three principles so far. We noted that worship is to be prophetic. Worship is to be prophetic. What do I mean by that? It is to be divinely inspired. It is also when we engage in worship, it should be in such a way that we make space and room for God to speak, for God to minister by the power of His Holy Spirit. Worship is to be prophetic. We also believe that worship is to be directed. We see Paul saying that uh, regarding when you gather as a church, when you gather in your gatherings of worship, he said in 1 Corinthians, 1440. He said, let all things be done. He said, decently and in order. That's why we believe at CWC Life that there's nothing wrong with structure. There's nothing. In fact, we're encouraged in the Word to have things arranged properly. Even from the practical side of having our instrumentalists and vocalists set in different positions, that's done intentionally. But also, things that the way a service is run, there should be no confusion. There should be clear direction because God is a God of order, not a God of confusion. And then we noted that worship is to be carried about under authority, not apart from authority. Worship is to be carried about under authority, not apart from authority. God will never establish me or you as an authority until we've learned to submit to authority. Now, we're looking today at the fourth principle that is revealed in 1 Chronicles 25, and it is this. Worship requires instruction. Worship requires instruction. What do you mean, Pastor? In 1 Chronicles 25, verses 5 through 7, we read this. All these were the sons of Heman, the king seer, in the words of God, to exalt his horn. 
For God gave Heman 14 sons and three daughters. All these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps for the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jadufan, and Heman were under the authority of the king. So the number of them, with their brethren, notice, who were instructed in the songs of the Lord. All who were skillful was 288. Notice it said, instructed in the songs of the Lord. Now, I asked a value, a valued and a consistent contributor of our PW crew this past week to share their thoughts with regard to the things that they would consider necessary for a person to possess in order to be an effective and productive member of a worship team or ministry. This was their response. Apart from needing skill or talent, they absolutely need to be willing to submit to leadership and to be open to correction. They would also need to have a high level of commitment that prioritize coming to practice and all weekly services. It requires a desire to grow in their walk with God and spending time with Him. They continued, We cannot lead the congregation to a place that we've never been ourselves. Above all, they need to have a heart of worship. Then this individual concluded with this. Getting to sing on the stage or to lead a song should be the last thing someone strives toward. Why? Because your walk with God should precede your work for God. You see, as your pastor... If I don't prioritize my walk with God before my work for God, I'm positioning myself in a place of vulnerability and danger. As a worship team member, if you prioritize your work for God above your walk with God, you're in danger. Because you see, the only way that I can bear lasting fruit through the gift that God has given me, is by staying connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ. That needs to be my priority. Stay connected to Jesus. Because if I'm connected to Him, then automatically there will be fruit that will be born through my life. That's got to be my priority. Now, notice again, the Scripture says of these worship teams that they were instructed in the songs of the Lord. Say instructed. The Hebrew root word that is used here for instructed, laumad, laumad, it is a primary, a primary root, a primitive root word that means this. Properly, it means to goad. To goad. That is by implication, to teach. The rod being an oriental incentive. Now what do I mean to goad? Well, when, when, when Saul, before he became the apostle Paul, When he was traveling and persecuting believers, he was on his way one day to persecute more believers, and then God literally knocked him off his high horse. And then we read in Acts 9 this encounter, Acts 9, 5. And he said, this is Saul telling God, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Watch. It is hard for you to kick against the what? The goads. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. A goad was a long, extremely sharp stick used to get an ox going the way you wanted them to go when plowing. One 
jabbed the hind legs of the ox with the goad until the ox cooperated. Here's what I know about all of us as revealed in Scripture. In Isaiah 53 it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have a tendency within us to want to go off course. To have it our own way instead of staying on God's way. God, because He loves us, will goad us. He'll correct us. He'll use the rod of His Word to bring us back on course on the path that leads to life. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. The hymn writer pointed out, my heart is prone to wander. And so the reality is that no matter how many years I've been walking with God or you walk with God, there's going to be moments when your heart's going to want to go its own way. But the loving Father that we serve will not allow us to go on our own way without using His goad to try to keep us on His way because He knows that His way is the way of life. And so He's willing to correct us. If you and I want to be worshipers that are able to experience going to the next level, we've got to be open for correction. If our PW crew is going to go to the next level, the members have to be open to correction. Y'all getting quiet on me now. Somebody noted, if you can't be corrected without being offended, you will never grow. If you can't be corrected without being offended, you will never grow. Somebody else pointed out, if your pastor can't correct you, they can't cover you. No accountability is a liability. And if you're ready to leave every time you get rebuked, you're not looking for a covering. You're looking for a cover-up. Now, God gives us the promise that He will guide us, that He will lead us on the way to life. And then in that promise that he gives, he also follows up with an exhortation. It's found in Psalm 32, verses 8 and 9. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. But then he gives this word of exhortation. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. God says, I promise you, I will guide you in the way that you should go. But then he says, but don't be like a horse or a mule that doesn't understand. You know it. You can lead a horse to water, but stubborn as a... Exactly. You and I can be like that horse. We're brought to the point, God brings us to a place and says, here it is. You said you wanted refreshment. You said you wanted renewal. Here it is. I'm bringing you to it. Here's my word. Get in it. And we're like, "Mm mm-mm. I want something instantaneous. I just want you to zap me, God, and make me all right. God said, 
I brought you to my water, the Word. Now you got to drink. Other times God will speak through somebody and we get stiff-necked. Mm-mm. I don't care what you're telling me. Not here. You know, those Southern Cal churches. No, no, I better stop. Okay, East Coast. Now, yeah, now you're okay. You're okay with that, right? Well, God is saying, look, I want you to understand. I want to guide you. I want to lead you. But you've got to be teachable. And here's the thing. If you're teachable... You're reachable. If you're teachable, you're shapeable. If you're teachable, you're correctable. If you're teachable, you're flexible. And if you're teachable, you're usable. You see, God can only use those that say, Lord, I don't know everything. Lord, I'm going to miss it. But here I am before you, letting you know I'm here to be led by you. And wherever you lead, I will follow. So worship requires instruction, but also worship requires a church willing to be instructed through the songs of the Lord. Worship requires a church willing to be instructed through the songs of the Lord. What do you mean, Pastor? The Bible says this in Colossians 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, verse 16. In the New Living Translation. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other. With all the wisdom He gives. Watch. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I like the way the Amplified Bible puts it. Look how it reads in the Amplified Bible. Let the spoken Word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind. Notice, permeating. Every aspect of your being. Watch this. As you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom. How? He tells us how. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I don't know if you caught it. What he's saying is our worship songs are meant to coincide and complement with the message that is spoken. The message is Jesus and our songs should be about Jesus. It's so important that we get this. You see, this is why lyrics in our songs matter. Why, Pastor? Here's why. Mm. When we come to worship at CWC Life CV, we should come to sing for more than a feeling. We should come to sing for our learning. We should come to sing for more than a feeling. 
We should come to sing for our learning. That's what the scripture says. The songs that the church sings is for the purpose of complimenting, of, of, of coinciding with the message that the church preaches. Why? Because if we sing it and we preach it, then we're going to have more opportunity to become rooted and grounded and established and be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And watch this. At CWC Live TV, the music from which we learn should cause us to yearn. What do you mean, Pastor? The music from which we learn should cause us to yearn. What do you mean? The music that we sing should open up a yearning in us for more of His presence, more of His power, more of His leading. When I sing a song, it should do more than give me a Holy Ghost goosebump. It should give me revelation of this is what God's promise is for your life. This is what God is saying to you. He will do for you and with you as you yield to Him. The song of the Lord will not only point you to the Lord, but it will be utilized by the Lord to root you and grab you in the truths that regardless of what you're going through, you may feel fickle, but God is still faithful. Again, at CWC Live TV, the music that we sing should complement and coincide with the message that we preach. It should be all about the Lord. It should be all for the Lord. It should be of the Lord. That's why he says when you sing, sing psalms. What is psalms? Psalms mean songs with the word in them. Songs with the word in them. And then he says, sing hymns. What should hymns be? They should all be about him. Hymns should be about him on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand and spiritual songs what are spiritual songs songs that are inspired by the spirit but also songs that i've heard when i was growing up when people that pray in the holy ghost begin to sing in the holy spirit in that glorious prayer language why because the bible tells us when the holy spirit fell on the 120 that people that heard them and able to understand what they were saying heard them magnifying the works of god when you sing in tongues you're bragging about God. You're talking about how awesome He is. You're declaring this, there is no one like my God. So say it again. Say worship requires instruction. And when we're open to instruction, we position ourselves for progression. Progression, the process of developing or moving gradually towards a more advanced state. And as I said, worship requires a church willing to be instructed through the songs of the Lord. So what does that mean, Pastor, practically? Instruction requires my participation. Oh. That means... I'm to sing. That means I'm not just to be mouthing, but also thinking on what I'm singing. And watch this. That means I'm to be singing for someone else's listening. 
But I'm not a singer. I sing like a frog. No, I'm not talking about me. Somebody wanted to defend me, but I, I, I know I can sing. I know, I know. If you got it, you got it, right? But some of us use it to, I can't sing. I sing like a frog. I don't sing like a canary. I sing like a frog. Or, I'm just not a singer. I'm a contemplator. I'm a thinker. I'm more of a meditator. And that's good. You may be contemplative. But you're still commanded over 300 times in the Scriptures to sing. Whether you sound like a frog or a canary, the Bible says sing. Because see, when we sing, we're expressing our gratitude to God. That's what it says, being thankful in your hearts. So if you're not singing, you're like, mm-hmm. but you say, but I can't sing, Pastor. I know. <laughs> but the scripture says, for you, make a joyful noise. God's happy with your noise. You may sound like a sapo, but God says, you're my sapo. You're my frog, and I love it. But watch this. I'm to be singing for someone else's listening. So that means I can't just be... No. You're supposed to, and I'm supposed to sing too, so the person next to me can hear. 10,000 armies. Why? Look what the psalmist said in Psalm 34, 1-3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Notice, and let us exalt His name together. Mm -hmm. Why? Because there are times when you're singing. The person next to you knows what you're going through. But when they hear you singing of God's faithfulness, when they hear you singing about God's power, they hear you singing with a voice that says, I'm not going to be shy about it. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I may be going through a trial. I may be going through trouble. But God is still worthy. Your song can be an encouragement to them. Your song can remind them that it doesn't matter what we're going through. God is still worthy of our praise. Your song can show them no one they're making it another week because they've learned God is still worthy and in their singing God is strengthening them but not only that watch this when you and I decide to sing even when we're in pain even when we're suffering not because we've done something wrong but because we've done something right God can use our singing to benefit others who have done wrong. Because in our singing, we open the door for God to show up 
and show out that His power is unstoppable. What do you mean, Pastor? The Bible says in Acts 16, 25 to 26, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, say suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, say immediately, all, say all, the doors were opened and everyone's bonds or chains were unfastened. Oh, because there were some believers that were willing to sing in lockdown. God showed that there is no place that you can be incarcerated and isolated in that can hold me back from showing up and showing out. And if you'll praise me, not only will my praise bless you, my praise will benefit those around you. This is why I lift up my voice, not because I think somebody else will sing with me, but because I know that when I worship Him, it opens the door not only for my life to be blessed, but for those around when His presence shows up to experience His power as well. So now you know why. At CWC Life, worship is more than a routine. Worship is more than preliminary. Worship is a lifestyle. I don't just worship Him because I feel good. I worship Him because He's always good. I don't just worship Him because I'm flying high. I worship Him even when I'm flying low. Why? Because I know that if I worship Him, the great I Am will show up and show out and reveal there is no one greater. There is no one wiser. There is no one stronger. There is no one as faithful. There is no one as capable as the living, almighty King of glory who is strong and mighty and who is champion in the battle. This is why you may be down, but get your praise on. This is why you may be struggling, but get your praise on. This is why you may be hurting, but get your praise on because if you praise him he'll show up he'll show out and he'll reveal there is nothing and no one that can stop me from showing up and showing out that I alone am the Lord I already told you I may be brown on the outside But on the inside, I'm a soul man. I'm actually from the Zulu tribe. Ancestry.com revealed it. And that's why when I get really excited, I go... I know somebody's already like, really? Tonight, at 6.30, we're going to have a worship night in this building. You're invited.
And it's all going to be about Jesus. Every song that we sing exalts him. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. And I want to encourage you. Because some of you are like, I just don't sing. Sing. Open your mouth and start singing. Bible says in Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You who compass me about, watch this, with songs of deliverance. You're a song away from your deliverance. But the devil's got you silent in your sorrow. But I'm telling you, if you decide, and I'm telling you, I'm not the only one. There are people here that will tell you. That in their low moment, they decided, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and open my mouth and start worshiping. I don't feel it, but I'm going to do it anyways in obedience to God. That that's what led the way to them to, from going from one state to the next. Whew. He's still worthy. He's still God. He's still faithful. Father, we worship. We exalt you. We thank you that you're here. You've been here throughout as your name has been exalted, as your praises have been lifted to you. There's been a high praise in this place today. People have raised the volume in obedience to your words. The swords of your word has been raised up as we've declared in song your word. Warfare has been taking place, Lord, and now we're about to gather the spoils. We're about to experience the fruit. Mm, You said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. We're willing, we're obedient. We will praise you. We will magnify you. We will raise a hallelujah. Mm. I'm going to sing in the middle of my storm. Louder and louder. I'm going to make my praises roar. I've got air in my lungs. I've got a reason to praise God. Through many trials, troubles and snares, I have already come. Your grace has brought me safe thus far. Your grace will lead me home. In the meantime, I'm going to keep giving you glory. Over and over again you've shown. You're my sustainer. You're my sufficiency. You're my shield. You're worthy of my worship. Oh, yeah. I'm going to release this word because somebody needs to know your way out is through your praising your way out. 
your way out is through your praising your way out. And you say today, Pastor, I'm ready. Then you come to this altar right now. Come and let God solidify. Let God reinforce your commitment to praise your way out. Your commitment to offer a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel it, but I've learned. I don't have to feel it. I can still will it. I can be like the psalmist who said, I will. Bless the Lord. I will. I don't feel it, but I can will it. And I'm going to will it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Oh, for some of you, it's been a while since you really got engaged in worship. It's been a while since you've opened up your mouth to just pour out your heart unashamedly, unreservedly. But I'm telling you, this is your breakthrough moment. If that's you, you come right now. Come forward right now. This is your moment. His presence is here. He's ready to show up and show out. Yes. Oh, let's lift up His name. Let's exalt Him in this place. He inhabits the praises of His people.